The Chef Nas Podcast begins now. Welcome to the Chef Nas Podcast. Here at Shepherd Church, everything we do here is to connect our community in a meaningful relationship with Christ. I'm Joe, I'm your host today, and today I'm with Pastor Rob, and he's going to share a devotional with us from our Identity in Christ series. So, Rob, welcome back to the Studio 2. Thank you. Yeah, Studio 2. <laughs> Good to be here today. Good to have you. Thank well, you. we have been about, uh, we're not quite halfway through mm-hmm. our Identity in Christ series. I think at last count, this is around 12 or so, and I think there's mm-hmm. about 31 of them. Yep. Um, what is our focus for today? Yeah, so today um, when we talk about this, um, uh, it comes from Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, and the idea behind this is that when we become a Christian and we submit our lives to Christ, there are some identity switches that happen. We become, you know, the Bible talks about us being a new person, and these identity statements are defining the new person that we are. And a lot of times people will just pray and accept Christ into their life and never really move on to understand the changes that happen in their life. And so that's what we're doing, trying to help people understand the identity changes that take place. And from Romans chapter 8, verses 1 and 2, we find that a person who is in Christ or who has submitted their life to Christ is now free from condemnation. Um, and let me read to you the passage of Scripture where we get that. Um, I'm going to read to you in a few different versions because they say it differently, and I like how they say it. Uh, the Living Bible says this, says, There is now no condemnation awaiting those who belong to Christ Jesus. So when you become a believer, you belong to Christ Jesus. And the Living Bible says there's no condemnation awaiting you. For the power of the life-giving Spirit, and this power is mine through Christ Jesus, has freed me from the vicious circle of sin and death. And so we often get ourselves in this cycle of sin, and, and then it leads to you know more sin, and, and ends up being spiritual consequence of spiritual death. The, the God's Word version of this passage says, so those who are believers in Christ Jesus can no longer be condemned. Um, the standards of the Spirit who gives life through Christ Jesus have set you free from the standards of sin and death. And so the switch here in our mind is that we're living according to the law or the standard right of sin and death, uh, but now when we become a Christian, we're living according to the standards of the Spirit. There's a switch and in the message version, which is one of my favorite, I'm trying to read through the Bible this year and I'm reading through the message, and it's really great, um, very insightful sometimes. But this is what the message says. It says, with the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ's being here for us no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a faded lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. (laughs) That's like, that is very illustrious, but it paints a picture and it helps us to see that really, if we don't switch our, our mindset, our perception of ourselves when we come to know Christ, that we're really living ultimately under this low lying cloud of condemnation or feeling guilty for the things I did or do, uh, on a regular basis, and the enemy is very good at that, right? Sure, <clears throat> sure. And then maybe my favorite one is uh, it's the NIV, and that's the one I, like I preach out of um, when I preach most of the time. But it starts with the word therefore, and you know how much I love the word therefore, right? Right, because you have to decide what it's therefore, right? Yes. So 
So Paul starts out and he says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. And so what Paul is talking about is that prior to coming to know Jesus, there's a certain standard that we're measured by, and the standard is the law, and none of us can keep it. None of us can live a perfect life. We all screw up. We all do things that we shouldn't. And, and so we live this life of condemnation because the choices that we make don't line up with the law. But Paul says, there, but, because of, but now through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life has set me free and I'm not living according to that law anymore. But he starts off with the word therefore. And so, as you know, we got to figure out what the word therefore is therefore. Um, and it's really like saying that I just said something that was really important and mm-hmm. because I said that, I'm going to say something else that's really even more important. Right. And and the and the thing that he says prior to the therefore is it is chapter seven in Romans. And in Romans chapter seven, what Paul is really talking about is the law and the power that the law has over us, and how if we live our life trying to just uphold the law and all of the expectations and all of the things in Scripture, it's really hard, and we we don't measure up. And he talks about how. No person can keep the law, and it becomes this defeating cycle of me doing things that I know I shouldn't do, and there's and so we're always living under the under the cloud of guilt because I can never measure up. Like I'm never perfect. I can never be perfect. Um, and then Paul gives this famous speech. It's not really famous, but it's famous for me because I've read it so many times and I identify with it. Mm-hmm. And this is what he says in in verses 15 through 20. He says. Um, I do not understand what I do, for what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, is no longer I myself would do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do, this is what I keep on doing." Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. And if you read that really fast, it sounds really... I'm very proud of how you read that because, you know, I was trying to see if you could get through the whole thing without saying doo-doo because that (laughs) is normally what happens with that passage of Scripture. So so to summarize that, Paul basically is saying is like, I know there are things that I should do. I want to do those things, but I don't do them. I also know there are things that I should not do, and I don't want to do those things, but I end up doing them. And so he's like, he's throwing his hands up in the air, he's like, but I don't, I don't know what to do, right? So how do, how do I do this? The, the message version of this is really good. It says, I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. There is no one who could, is, the, is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but am pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. And so so Paul's like, here's the, the life that I want to live, but I don't measure up. Um, and so because I don't measure up, if I'm being measured by the law, I live under this cloud of guilt and condemnation. But then in verse 1 of chapter 8, he goes, but, but, like, therefore, because of what Jesus did. And, and I love that. Because of what Jesus did, I no longer have to face the condemnation from not living up to the law. Um, but if we're honest, the truth is that if you've prayed and you've asked Jesus to accept, you've accepted Jesus into your heart, 
chances are you still let live under a level of condemnation, right? You're, you're like, you, you don't do what you know you wanted to do and you feel bad about it. And then the devil comes in, he sits on your shoulder and he whispers, you're a loser. You, can, you don't measure up. God's not happy with you. Um, you know, you're always going to be this way. You're never going to have victory. You're never going to have consistency. And he whispers all of these things. And what he's doing is he's, he's condemning us. Um, and, and if you look up the word condemnation uh, in Greek here in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it means it's, a, it's an adverse sentence rendering a verdict of guilty and carrying a penalty of punishment. Hmm. So in other words, the devil is just coming to you and saying like, yep, I just want to remind you, you're guilty. And because you're guilty and you don't measure up, you're, you deserve to be punished. And what happens is we end up punishing ourselves. We say like, I'm no good. And we believe those kinds of things. But the Bible says that when we come to know Jesus, that condemnation is, is not a part of our life. And we go all the way back to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, and we're no, we're no longer condemned because what Paul says in verse 2 of, is that Christ was condemned for us. He took the condemnation. And so in, in Corinthians 5, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, the Bible says that God took the sinless Christ and poured into him our sins. So every sin we've ever committed has been poured unto Christ But then the second part of that verse says, then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into us, or he poured Christ's goodness uh, into into us. And so what happens is, then we're no longer condemned because Jesus has been condemned, sentenced guilty for our sins, punished, and, and, and he paid the punishment on the cross, dying for our sins. And then we received his sinless life that God came and poured his sinlessness into us, And so we're no longer condemned. So the reality and the truth of it is that if you've accepted Jesus as your savior, you are no longer condemned because Christ took the condemnation, Christ took the punishment on the cross, and now you are free from condemnation. And that's why we say that your new identity is that you're no longer condemned. I'm free from condemnation. Next Sunday is Child Dedication Sunday. This is the time to publicly declare your intention to raise your child in the Christian faith. If you are new around here, we want to get to know you. Pizza with the Pastors is next Monday, July 17th. Meet the pastors at Massey's in Gehanna at 6 p.m. so we can get to know each other. For those of you interested in learning about church membership, we have a Saturday morning class on July 29th in Johnstown. It's that time of year again. We're getting ready for the church-wide picnic. It will start at 4 p.m. on Sunday, August 6th. Come prepared for some group games with maybe some water balloons or an egg toss. Try your hand at cornhole and a little mingle bingo. Oh yeah, there will be prizes. We're giving away a $75 gift card to the new eatery in Johnstown, Ghost Rider Public House. Also, a $50 gift card to Wits and $25 to Troyers. This church-wide picnic is getting a little wider this year because we're all packing up and heading to Lenly Hannah's Memorial Park in Johnstown. We're planning to sing a couple worship songs, officially install Nick Shaner as the Johnstown campus pastor, and welcome several new members into the Shepherd family. I almost forgot, there'll be food at this picnic too. The church will supply burgers, hot dogs, and bottled water but we need your help for the rest. 
If your last name starts with A through M, we're asking that you bring a salad or side dish. N through Z, you have the important task of bringing desserts. Mark your calendars now. Churchwide Picnic, August 6th at 4 p.m. at Len Lee Hanna's Memorial Park in Johnstown. Don't miss it. But here's something that's really interesting. So oftentimes what happens is um, we, we sometimes confuse condemnation with conviction. Okay, so if I'm, if I'm listening to this, I, I want to understand that, yeah, after I'm a believer, mm-hmm. I might be getting these nudgings that I'm doing something wrong right, or that I need to do something right. Yeah. So how do I make sure that I'm not living under this condemnation that comes from the enemy and differentiate that from the spirit convicting me of things that I need to do better as a Christian. What's the difference there? Very good. Good. So several differences. One, condemnation comes from the enemy. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. And the difference between condemnation and conviction is that when the Holy Spirit speaks to us and, and maybe convicts us or makes you feel guilty for something that you're doing, He's doing it so that he's, he's pointing something out in our life that he wants us to take care of. It says, this isn't my will for you. This isn't my best plan for you. I want you to stop doing this, or I want you to start doing this. And the goal of conviction is that it would lead to change behavior in our life, that we would recognize this isn't the best for me. This isn't what God has for me. It's wrong. So I would confess that as sin. And when I confess it as sin, it leads to a new renewed relationship. It restores my intimacy or my fellowship with, with Christ. So, so the goal of conviction is that to, is to make us better. It's to point out something. It's like coaching, right? It's like, stop doing this and start doing this, um, and you're going to be better or more effective at what you're doing. And the Holy Spirit's like, stop doing this. This isn't helping you in your relationship, or, or it's, it's, it's um, affecting our fellowship and, and it's, the goal is to restore the relationship or the intimacy that we would have with Jesus. So that's conviction. And it's always very specific. It's not, it's not like, you know, you're a terrible person, stop everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. When the Holy Spirit speaks, it's very, it's very specific. It's like, you know, that thing that you said or how you responded to that person or how you treated that person or what you just did or what you just said or thought, it's very specific. Condemnation, on the other hand, is a judgment. It's like, you stink. Like, you're terrible. Right. You're a bad person. You're no good. No one loves you. Those are never messages that come from the Holy Spirit. That's, that's, enemy, that's messages that come from the enemy because it's a judgment, and he's, he's, he's making an uh, accusation against you and saying, this is, this is who you are. Uh, and, con- and, and when God's convicting of us of something, it's not convicting of us convicting us of who we are is it convicting us for something that we've done that we can stop doing. Well, and also when we're thinking in terms of this whole series of our identity in Christ, I think it's through condemnation that the enemy is trying to take away that identity. Oh, is, absolutely. Is trying to say that's you're you're that evil person. You're you're the one that fails. You are that sin. Yeah. It, you know that's it's not that sin is not something you do. That's who you are. Yeah. And if if you if you think you're anything else, you're just kidding yourself. Yep. And it's almost like the spirit takes the opposite approach to saying that's not who you are. 
Right. And, you're you know, better than that. Yes. You, you, that's yeah. not who you are. Yes. You don't, you don't need to do that because yeah. that's not who you are anymore. Right. Yeah. That's really good. Um, and, and so uh, in, in my notes, I put, you know, when, when the enemy comes to attack us or to, to bring condemnation, his, his primary goal is to get us to believe something that's not true about us or something that maybe was true but is no longer true. And so while we were sinners, we're not sinners anymore. While we, while we did things that we shouldn't have done that affected who we were and what we were, we're not those things anymore. Who we really are now is Christ's righteousness lives in us. And Jesus took the sinful uh, consequences that I couldn't pay, and he paid them for me. So he's trying to get us to believe things that are not true or no longer true about us. And in fact, the Bible calls him the accuser. Mm-hmm. I mean, like it, give him, it gives him a name. Right, and it's in Revelation chapter twelve, verse ten, and it's it's when John is having this revelation of the things that are going to be happening at the end of the time. John says this. He says, "I heard a voice in heaven say, now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ.'" And and so he's saying that you know the culmination is that Christ is coming and having all this authority, and then he says, "For the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night." has been hurled down. Like when, when the, in, in the culmination of everything in the end times, one of the things that will happen is that Satan will be cast down and, and John called him the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night. So literally he got his name, Satan got his name as the accuser of our brethren because he accuses people day and night and you know mm-hmm. when you're accusing people, you're 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 bringing an accusation against them about something that maybe they've done or maybe they haven't done, right? Um, and so an accuser is somebody who points out the flaws and failures of another person. That's what an accuser does. Now, now interestingly, um, I think that in, in my experience in life, when I've been around people who make lots of accusations, oftentimes that person is someone who is just deflecting the, the things in their life to other people. Sure. Like they have, they have plenty of flaws themselves, but rather than face the flaws in their own life, they would rather point out somebody else's flaws. So I don't have to deal with my stuff if I look at your stuff, right? And, and that's, that's what Satan does, right? He, I mean, he was cast out of heaven for his pride uh, and arrogance. And so rather than focusing on himself and getting better, he's like, you know, and he's already in trouble anyway. So right. he's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to help everybody else feel as bad as I already do. Sure. So I'm going to accuse you. I'm going to bring up all the things that you've you've done or whatever. And when he accuses us, he accuses us of two things. Sometimes there are things that we have done. Like mm-hmm. Satan could literally accuse me of things that I have done, and he would be accurate. Like yeah. I have I have. You can ask my wife. She she tell you all those things, right? <laughs> she keeps the list. Yeah. <laughs> but but there's like there's there's plenty of things that I've done that I should not have done that I wish I would not have done, and I and I regret. So he can come and he can accuse me, and he can he could be somewhat true. Um, but the, but the, here's the thing: I, I even though I'm guilty of those things, I've been forgiven of those things. Mm-hmm. And so while that's what I did and wh- what I did made me who I was, I'm not that person anymore. The, the other problem is that um, he th- accuses of things maybe that we haven't done or he chart uh, or he charges us with our older our false identity um, and he say you know like well you you know you are you're a liar or you're a thief or you you know are used people or whatever it is that you know sure. whatever the struggle that we had um, 
And while maybe it was true at one point, it's not anymore. And he'll come back and just kind of try to change us from our identity. Because here's the thing. If he can get us to not believe who we really are, then we operate with the perception of who we're not. Exactly. And, and when we're operating with the perception of who we're not, we're not operating with the perception of who God wants us to be and who God has made us to be. And it, it, it negates the price that he paid to make us who we really are. And so the reality of this is when we say, you know, who I am is that I am now free from condemnation. It's, there's two voices in my head, right? There's the voice of the Holy Spirit through the word of God who's telling me who I really am. And then there's the voice of the enemy, and he uses multiple mediums to communicate to me this way or to you, uh, and he'll try to tell us who, who he thinks we are. And at the end of the day, the bottom line is this. Um, am I going to believe what God says about me is true, or am I going to believe what the enemy is saying about me is true? And, and if you want to take an action step or an action th- you know, thing away from this, it's that. Mm-hmm. It's like, do I, do, I, do I believe what God has said about me and what God has done for me and provided with me so I can have this new identity? Am I going to believe it? Am I going to walk in it? Or am I going to believe the enemy? And, and that's ultimately what it boils down to. And, and I just want to encourage you, <laughs> believe what the Word of God says about you, because what the Word of God says about you is true, and it has the power to change the way that we live our lives and, and, and become more effective as Christians. Amen. We're going to wrap up today's episode and want you to remember that based off of what we heard today with Rob is that when you become a believer and a follower of Jesus, you are free from condemnation. If you are questioning or wondering what it means to be a believer or a follower, we'd love to talk to you. So you can reach out to us by emailing podcast at shepnas.org. Keep up to date on our social media pages. And you'll find the church on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. As always, you'll find a ton of resources on shepnaz.org. For Pastor Rob, I'm Joe. Have a great day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.